It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Pablo Torre and Will Bond is off. So guess who's back? It's that guy again. He's here all the time. What do we do about this? Oh, see, can, can Nigel just hang like a photo of me? Not a want. Oh, it would be nice if it was a wanted poster. It would make me feel wanted to see the word wanted beneath my portrait, actually. But I'll just take any sort of remembrance of any kind at this point from you. We do want you indeed. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. Wilbon has Wednesday off, so I am joined by our great friend, the host of the ESPN Daily and Debatable Podcast, Mr. Pablo Torres. And we begin today with LeBron James breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career record for most points. LeBron passed it last night near the end of the third quarter in a loss to Oklahoma City. The NBA stopped the game for the expected tributes. Pablo, what is the significance of this milestone? Tony, it was a television show, man. Like, this was as little of a basketball game I can remember a basketball game being. And this is fitting. It was LeBron James's career in miniature because, of course, this is a hallowed record. Of course, we should care about it. Of course, it was nice to see Kareem be diplomatic after a Cold War of sorts in which they did not have a relationship and only sort of criticize each other from afar. But to me, it was perfect because it was over the top. It was overstuffed with celebrity cameos. And it was measured, titrated even, like controlled by LeBron James yeah. from start to finish, it felt like, exactly how he wanted it to happen. And it was significant because that is LeBron. That is him in a nutshell. So it's a great achievement. Um, it, LeBron entered the league four years earlier than Kareem did because in those days you had to go to college for four years. But it's yeah. worth noting that LeBron accomplished this in fewer games than Kareem accomplished it in. Mm -hmm. um, there's just nothing, there's nothing to take a cheap shot at here. LeBron James is incredibly powerful and strong physically. He's incredibly durable. At his age, 38, he is the greatest player we have ever seen at that age. Only a curmudgeon would mention the <laughs> fact that the Lakers lost, that they lost at home to a team yeah. that at that time was, I believe, three games under 500. And with all the orchestration you're talking about, that's not a great look. I know it's a long season. I know there are a lot of games. I know that LeBron says all the time he's chasing championships and he's got four of them. But I just think in his heart of hearts, given all the fanfare, he would like to have won this game. It's a better bookend, don't you think? Absolutely. No, he is a master of narrative, Tony. This is why I think he tried to do it against the Thunder as opposed to against the Bucks, even though there is special symbolism, of course, Kareem being a former Milwaukee Buck and all of that, because it felt yeah. winnable. And it should have been winnable. LeBron had 38, right? Russell Westbrook had six turnovers. Anthony Davis was essentially a ghost. And so... Again, why was this perfect? It was because LeBron did the thing that LeBron needed to do to win, and it felt like he was kind of left out in the cold by the teammates who he needed to actually seal yeah. this story in the way that he wanted to seal it. Just a small yeah. point I'd like to make here. It's a great number. LeBron will play again next year and the year after. 
at that point in time, nobody will remember Kareem's number, and nobody will actually know what LeBron has going <laughs> into the next game. Because the only two numbers that matter in basketball are 100 by Wilt and 11 championships by Bill Russell. Yeah. And that is why LeBron James is chasing championships. He knows he can't catch Bill Russell, but he's one down to Kobe and one down to Duncan and one down to Magic and two down to Kareem. You know what I mean? That's, that's what he's looking right. for. And titles are hard, Pablo. Larry Bird's no. great Celtic teams had three. They're one down to LeBron. Absolutely. The whole GOAT conversation, as cute as it was for him to call himself as such. Um, yeah, titles, that's how we adjudicate that. And so it's naive to think otherwise. But we should talk about Kyrie Irving now, Tony, because his Mavs debut is tonight against the Clippers. And that is without Luka Doncic, who's out with a foot contusion. And at yesterday's presser, Kyrie said this, quote, there were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt very disrespected. And then he added that his work ethic was underappreciated, continuing on saying, I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated and not just tolerated, end quote. And so, Tony, do you see it the same way that Kyrie does? So Kyrie Irving is the gift, the gift that keeps on giving because he's going to keep mm -hmm. talking and we're going to keep talking about it. I don't see it the way Kyrie sees it. I actually see Kyrie as being utterly delusional. And I want to get to this quote for a second. I take care of my teammates and was incredibly selfless in my approach to leading. I, you know what? Yeah. I take care of my yeah. teammates. You didn't go to half the games last year. You didn't go to them because you wouldn't take a COVID vaccination shot so that you could actually get into the arena and play the games. And when he says, um, I'm incredibly selfless in his approach to, to leading, they didn't let him in the gym. He wasn't vaccinated. How exactly did he lead in that particular circumstance? Yeah, Tony, Kyrie Irving is an unreliable narrator. This is the most generous way I can put it. We just shouldn't trust his assessment of the world around him. He has lost that credibility. What he has in terms of credibility is a virtuoso offensive skill set. And so with this team, like, do I see him as disrespected? Absolutely not. He earned, he earned the maelstrom that he apparently suffered through. I'll grant him that he did yeah. not enjoy it. But the whole point now, Tony, I'll give you another quote. This was Jason Kidd, the coach of the Mavs, who wanted Kyrie Irving. And he said this, our defense is going to have to be our offense. Like, we can talk about Kyrie and his psychoanalysis, but the point is they're doubling down on offense. And guess what? They're already really good offensively with Luka Doncic. The problem with how this story is going to go, the way I can see these stories, the disrespect recurring, it's because they can't defend. And this is, yeah, on a couple of different levels, I suppose, both figurative and literal. Yeah, no, they want to have to score 130 to 140 points to win because that's, that's, that's the secret when you get those two guys on the court. The truth about Kyrie Irving is very simple. He has looked at this way. Great talent, really great talent can help you win a title, don't know if I can count on it. I mean, that, you know, right. there is, you know, there's an arc Unreliable. to movies. movies. Movies last about two hours. Sometime around the middle of the movie, some stuff happens that points you in the direction to where the ending's going to be. When Kyrie's in the movie, uh, the bomb explodes. And there's more movie, <laughs> but the bomb is exploding. <laughs> we're going to move. Sequels. Pablo, even. we're going to switch gears here. We're going to play a mini game of what's the word. So many that I'm not even going to put on my doctor's coat. To set mm. this up, Aaron Rodgers, you boy, told Pat McAfee <laughs> he's going into a four-day darkness retreat, sitting in isolation, self-reflecting, trying to figure out his future. Pablo, what is the word for this? 
I'm gonna use a less highfalutin word, Tony. I'm gonna say it's adorable. I see this as harmless. It reminds me of what I do with my three-year-old daughter who wants to play hide and seek in our closet for like 90% of the day. It's fun, I get it. He's curious about himself. And it is fitting, of course, that you do not wear your doctor's coat for this segment, because I don't think the person who is ushering him into that private room of total darkness is gonna be wearing anything resembling medical attire either. Right, so I have a different word. And my word is hogwash. Because I don't believe for one second, not for one second, that Aaron Rodgers is going into a dungeon of darkness and contemplating anything. This is what I believe. I believe that Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee are laughing at us. They've been laughing <laughs> at us all this year through all their shows and all last year. I, I mean, I really don't see Aaron Rodgers going into the dungeon of darkness staying for X amount of time, emerging like Punxsutawney Phil to see if he has a shadow <laughs> so he knows that he can play football another year. I believe that while he is supposedly in this dungeon of darkness, he's in McAfee's apartment and they're waiting for Uber Eats. That's what I think is really happening. And I think Rogers should go out and work on his golf game because he's not a 10. He's really a three or a four. Ooh. Go out there and play as much golf as you want. Yeah, and I, you get to the point, and, and we'll say this, with great talents, like Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, where you say, oh, okay, okay, enough. Just well, wake me when you're ready to play, when you're yes. ready to put on the uni, because you're thrilling. You're thrilling when you put on the uni. And other than that, your problems, I got my own problems, okay? <laughs> That's what I think. I got problems in total sunlight, unfortunately. But no, but Tony, I will say this, right? If I'm cynical about this, I think this is Aaron Rodgers preserving the possibility that he might do anything, including retire. If I'm thinking about this strategically, sure. what do I think he's saying? He's saying, look, I know it makes sense for me to come back to the Green Bay Packers and the NFC, a team that's paying me a zillion dollars in a conference that seems more winnable than the AFC, but I'm also a guy who's gonna contemplate his life in total darkness. And so, hey, maybe uh, try and get me anyway. I don't know. Man, I thought I was self-indulgent. I am self-indulgent. <laughs> Let's you take are. a break. Coming up, we will ask Steve Young what advice he has for Jalen Hurts ahead of his first Super Bowl. We'll also ask him what broadcasting advice he has for one Tom Brady. Is this going around now, these Dungeons of Darkness? Oh, yeah. Other people no, do this? Yeah, it's, it's a sensory deprivation chamber, Tony. You've never... Is it trendy? Is it a trendy inquired? thing? Oh, yeah. All, the kids, all the kids love suffering ego death now. It's a big thing. Really? Like feel psychedelics without doing psychedelics. It's all really? the rage, yeah. Because I love yeah, lamb yeah, chops. Yeah. I love grilled lamb. <laughs> Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. 
And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. The Super Bowl is about 96 hours away, which makes it a perfect time to bring in the man who Wilbon keeps ducking, our great friend from Monday Night <laughs> Countdown, Hall of Famer Steve Young. Let's start with this, Steve. Andy Reid says that Patrick Mahomes can do just about everything in the playbook. Are you buying that? Yeah, I mean, Patrick is as accomplished as a young player in the history of the game. And, he, and it's look, what he can do is he can eat up all the yards from, there, from the line of scrimmage to the goal line, sideline to sideline. There's not many players that can do that with their arm, with their legs, and all that he does. I will say, as a cautionary tale, I have seen Patrick in the bigger games leave the play that's called in the huddle too quickly and start to be play what I would call hero ball, right? Get out there and do the things that he loves to do, and I've seen it hurt the team. So I suspect that what you'll see is Andy Reid early in this game trying to, I don't know, keep the plays, quick throws, corral him so that he can get some momentum and get some sense of timing and kind of in and out of the huddle. And it's not like he, look, he's, the one, he's probably going to be one of the greatest players ever. He already is. But there is always place to improve, and Patrick's always looking to place for improve as well. So this game, a chance to be less reckless, more commodity work, and let that grow into some incredible plays that he obviously is going to make. But Steve, Patrick, Mah- Patrick Mahomes obviously has done this before at least. This is Jalen Hurts on the other side of things. His first Super Bowl, if he were to ask you for advice, what would you tell him? Well, any young player that's never been in this spot before, uh, first Super Bowl, I would say that it's amazing how quickly the Super Bowl goes by. And you need to be able to uh, uh, not be the reason that the team loses the game. He's got a great team behind him. Don't do things, the big pick or the couple bad series that takes the game away from this great team that you have. Make sure that you don't be, you're not the reason that we lose or that we're in a, in a jam. As a young player, that's a key. But you also got to go make the big plays. He's got to be somebody that can, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, go do the, the heroic things. So he's got to be able to hold a couple things at the same time. But, Steve, I want to move away from the Super Bowl with this next question for a second because Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee, that he's going into a darkness retreat to get clarity about his own future. So I'm just curious what you did in your life as a player to find clarity. Well, I was kind of a prayer and meditation guy, so I understand where he's headed. I, uh, my dad always loved the pro-con list. I don't know, you guys are, like <laughs> wrote down the pros and the cons, and then whatever list is longer is the decision, right? And I'm like, yeah. Dad, it's just it's too binary. It's like it's too simplified. These big decisions are complex. I like to take the time, gain some perspective. I don't know about four days of darkness. It feels biblical. <laughs> I don't know that it's really where I'd want to go to find clarity. But, hey, find the space to go. It sounds like the big, I always say, uh, you know, retirement is a death. Maybe this is the precursor mm-hmm. to that. It's like four days of darkness is the mm. death that maybe comes to uh, retirement. I'm not sure. Yes, but uh, the okay, dark room. Whatever it takes to gain the clarity because the big decisions that you make change your life forever. And so I'm, I'm up for what everybody wants to do. 
you're not going to find clarity in darkness. You're not even going to find the chair in darkness. You're going to have to sit alone on the floor, <laughs> wonder where the chair is. We move along. Tom Brady, another pal of yours, says he's going to take a year off to work on being an analyst. Do you have any thoughts on what you had to learn to get so good at this? <laughs> it's not going to take a year, Tony. Uh, I can tell you this. It is absolutely just whatever questions you're asked like this, have your gut instinct and your sense of what you want to say about it and, and, and say it. And then try to yell into the camera and, uh, and don't have your <laughs> mouth keep working. Like, I think more than anything, it's being authentic. And if you're authentically not great at it, that's like quarterback or anything else. Like, you have to be authentic and find your groove in it or you're not going to be long-term successful. So um, I'm not sure that a year off – I think a year off is more to not necessarily work on being an analyst but just kind of making some space between it gets into to big gigs. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, he can take all the time he wants. I just well, – I'm still reeling from the stat that he had 35 playoff wins, the same number as the Dallas Cowboys – I just, I can't get over that one. So he can take five years off as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Here's what he doesn't need. He doesn't need to rent that darkness place from Rogers. He doesn't need that. I'll get you out of here on this. It's very pedestrian, and I apologize, because we never do this to you. But which way are you leaning in the game? We're leaning. Mm. I'm, I'm leaning Chiefs because it looks Patrick is healthy. I know look, the Eagles could I just don't know how great they are. With the game of the 49ers, their season this year, the, the, you know, the, the teams that they played, I don't know that I know them the way I need to know a Super Bowl team. So I could be way, way off. I, I agree. I admit. But I feel like the Chiefs have been there. They've got a stronger defense than they had in Patrick's playing top-line football. Uh, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Thank you, as always. Such a pleasure to have you all year. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Okay, you bet. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. Let's take one last break. Still to come is Derek Carr, the next quarterback of the Saints. And Nikola Jokic, Tony, does something in a half that few do in an entire game. I just can't get over this darkness dungeon thing that Aaron Rodgers is going to. I mean- now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Happy time, people. Happy 67th birthday, Marcus Johnson. The list of the greatest UCLA players of all time goes too deep. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton. But there are a raft of great players under them. Johnson is one of them. He was on the 1975 
UCLA championship team whose roster contains seven players who played in the NBA. The 6'7 Johnson was the third overall pick to Milwaukee, played there and for the Clippers and Warriors over 11 seasons. Five-time All-Star whose career averages are 20 points and seven rebounds. You may remember him from his great turn in White Men Can't Jump, where he gets yes. incensed after losing to Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. A remake of that movie is coming. Why would anyone remake a perfect movie? Tony, they remake everything. We live in the reboot economy. And shout out, by the way, to not just King Josiah, that's Marquez's son, who you'd know if you were on Twitter, but also to the fact that that is the best sports cameo, I think, with all due respect to Kareem and Airplane, of all time. Marquez Johnson, White Man Can't Jump, give him whatever award is the equivalent of an Oscar for athletes. Happy anniversary, Jimmy Garoppolo. On this day five years ago, Garoppolo signed a five-year deal to stay with the 49ers for $137.5 million, then the largest contract in NFL history on an annual basis. Those five years saw a Super Bowl appearance by Jimmy G, but it also saw him take the field only 51 times out of a possible 82 regular season games. By the end of that deal, the 49ers had turned their attention to Trey Lance, only to have Garoppolo and then Brock Purdy bail them out when Lance got hurt. Now the 49ers say Garoppolo will not be back next year, he leaves with a 38-17 record in San Francisco and a career 99.6 passer rating. That's the sixth highest of all time. Tony, I will believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the Niners' depth chart when I see it. I believe that the arc of the Niners universe bends towards Jimmy Garoppolo. It has been this way. The universe has made it this way. I don't think it should be this way this year. He costs too much. They have the biggest advantage competitively in having two cost-controlled young quarterbacks now and Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. But I will believe it when he's wearing a different jersey, literally. Happy trails, Russell Westbrook. There are multiple reports that the Lakers, Jazz, and Timberwolves are discussing a three-way trade that would send Russell Westbrook and draft compensation to the Jazz and Mike Conley Jr. to the Timberwolves. The Lakers would get back D'Angelo Russell from Minnesota, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt from Utah. Pablo, the big issue here is the Lakers. Does this move put them in a position to win a championship? Oh, they're nothing close to a favorite, Tony, but look at the Western Conference. It is crazy how it looks. So there are, of course, the Nuggets at the top, but then two through 13 is a giant mass of mediocrity, all of them within like eight games of each other. And the Lakers get better with this move. D'Angelo Russell can shoot. He's like a top five three-point shooter in terms of accuracy at the volume that he shoots at. Those other two guys, if they get them, are really useful. I like this deal. I think it gives them a shot, just not enough of one to actually be considered a team that I can see winning the whole thing. If you asked me this question and the name involved was Kyrie Irving and he had gone to the Lakers, I would say yes. That gives them a chance because mm. he's a great, great player. D'Angelo Russell's a good player. He's been there before. I don't yes. think that vaults him over all the teams they have to vault. One omission. The Raiders have given Derek Carr permission to speak to the New Orleans Saints. That could lead to something. Let's go to the big finish. Nikola Jokic had a triple-double in the first half. In the first half, as the Nuggets beat the Wolves, are you impressed? I will force myself to be, because it feels just mean otherwise. The guy cannot possibly be any better than he is right now. But a high school basketball game in Oklahoma finished 4-2. to two. Do you like that? I, I don't like that. Obviously, there was no shot clock there, and somebody must have gone four corners and... You know, so. conjured up Dean Smith. I don't like that. Cam Smith, Wilbon's boy, had his third straight 40-plus <laughs> point game for the Nets and lost to the Suns. Is that significant? 
Cam Thomas, significant, but Devin Booker returning, scoring 19, even more so, Tony. The Phoenix Open, meanwhile, is teeing off tomorrow. Are you excited? I'm excited for the par 316 where everybody throws beer around. I think that's a great Super Bowl yeah. week event, actually. Last like one, Sixers at Celtics tonight. Who you got, Mr. Process? I trust the process every time at the end. I am now 0 for 2. I trust it still. I'll probably be 0 for 3. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. And I'm Pablo Torre. Thank you so much for watching. And please check out ESPN Daily and Debatable, wherever you get, you know, the good podcasts. But now here's SportsCenter. Yeah, well, we're, we still have 10 seconds. I want to tell you how much I enjoy doing the show with you. As long as oh. they whisper your name in my ear, I'm good with it. You want it. Come on. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.